Warning, this podcast was produced by two men who still think that swearing is both big and clever. As a result, it contains quite a lot of it. Therefore, this podcast is not suitable for children, unless they're really fucking cool children. Yes, people, Dave Fensom here with another episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. Uh, thank you for joining us last week. I uh, hope you all enjoyed the Wet 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 episode more than we enjoyed listening to that record. Uh, we are back with some Bruce Springsteen for your ass this week. Uh, yeah, quite keen to get involved with this one, see what's going on. See what me and Krista Greer made of it. This podcast, as always, is brought to you by On The Edge Comedy. On The Edge Comedy is the best new act, new material night in Brighton. Certainly the longest running. We're here on the first and third Fridays of every month. We just had Don Bisnwaz close for us uh, this Friday. Just gone. Brilliant political comedian, uh, Don. Uh, can't recommend him enough. Do go and see him. And next one is on the first Friday of March. And that's going to be with headliner Ben Clover. So, uh, yeah, he's a brilliant comic as well. Come along, check that out if you're in the Brighton area. Um, anyway, I guess a apology up front. There's a little bit of wind. We've referenced it in the episode. Uh, we're trying to record a podcast in a bedroom with a fucking storm going on. Uh, you can hear it a little bit. hope it's not too bad. Uh, with no further ado, though, please enjoy the episode. See you next time. Cheers. <laughs> Yes, people, welcome back. Episode 2, Season 3, Pop Collaborate and Listen. My name is Dave Fensom. I'm Christopher Greer. Guys, thank you so much for your responses to last week's Wet, Wet, Wet episode. Uh, yeah. I think people were generally broadly in agreement with us that it wasn't their finest work. Well, I don't think anyone on any of our social platforms came and went, you fucking idiots. This yeah, yeah. is brilliant. This is one of the finest records ever about? recorded by a scumbag. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, so, yeah, it was, it was not, it's nice to be back, though. Nice level yeah. of... Uh, Actually, we did have one. I think uh, Bryn... Uh, went on Facebook and said, I actually really liked Goodnight Girl at the time and still listen to it sometimes. Am I still allowed to listen to the podcast? Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, no. I was just today, I think the, he said the, that. The answer's no. <laughs> barred. You're banned. You're barred, yeah. mate. Find out his IP address and block him. Done. Right. Um, only joking, Bryn. You're welcome back. Uh, so anyway, this week, we are talking, we're talking about the album Human Touch by Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, having always known this was on the cards and seen what's coming up. Yeah. I was I was looking forward to this a bit because I am not a Bruce Springsteen fan, but yeah. I am aware of how big a deal he is to some people. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've am i never been a huge Bruce fan, but I had this thing that I do every now and again where a few years ago I just went, okay, I need to dig into this, and I kind of got some recommendations for some albums, mm -hmm. uh, and I dug in, and I really... Oh, okay, you did. Yeah, yeah, and I, I kind of, I mean, not... I mean, talk about intimidating back catalogues. Sure. Bruce Springsteen. So my experiences were in the 80s, uh, one of the first seven-inch singles I bought was Born in the USA. Oh, wow, okay. Probably without 
a great deal of irony at that time, probably not quite understanding it. No. Uh, which had the B side was "I'm on Fire." Which, oh, see, that's a brilliant song. It's a brilliant song. It's also yeah. the one with the famously kind of what's going on with these lyrics? <laughs> um, hey, little girl, is your daddy home? Oh, yeah, got left your alone. Starts, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the, the, one of the kind of you know, my first example of like the one that got away in the world of buying records mm. was "Dancing in the Dark." Right, because by the time I heard that song, it had been gone, been and gone from the charts. Okay, and do you remember that you, you just couldn't. Oh, get... if, it was, if it wasn't in the record shop, that was it. Yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't get. There was no. I mean, you could try a reorder, but yeah, I mean, obviously, if you knew about second-hand record shops and things like that, but that yeah. was kind of a little bit beyond me, aged five, fine, uh, or whatever age I would have been at the time, um, sort of eight or something like that. The point was, I fucking loved it. I think that is base. I still think that is an almost perfect pop song. Oh, it's a brilliant pop song. Yeah, yeah. it's a fucking great pop song. I, d- I doubt that the hordes of uh, Bruce Springsteen fans hold it in quite the same regard that I do. Sure. I don't think it's representative of Bruce as no. an artist. But no, I mean, I dug into like Edge of Darkness and oh, okay. uh, Nebraska. Oh, and... right. So the, the, the big fan base ones. Yeah. And I, you know, and All I right. got a lot out of both of those records. Interesting. Okay. So you have a little bit of. Well, you've definitely got more background with Bruce Springsteen than I do, because yeah. I remember Born in the USA, mm-hmm. and it was, as we talked about it whenever Dire Straits, the podcast Dire Straits, we talked about it being on in every car of your friend's dad. Yeah, exactly. And that's where I heard it. We did have a, we had a taped copy in my house as well, so occasionally it would go on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have never, until now, sat down and put a Bruce Springsteen album on. Listen okay. To never done it. Well, I, I, I have, you have. Um, oh. but not. To not to the I'm, I wouldn't describe myself as a super fan, no. but I do have you know a respect for Fine. you know the, you know I think he's a great songwriter and I think he's a good lyricist. You know, I think he's a very good lyricist, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know I think oh, we're a fucking sex pot. Oh yeah, my absolutely. god, Jesus Christ! I mean, you would, wouldn't you? It certainly would. Fuck me. And he's got and he's got an amazing voice. He has. He's got a brilliant voice, very distinctive. You know, no one else does yeah. Bruce like Bruce can do. Yeah, and obviously he's got the E Street Band with him. Uh, well, he he did. Yeah. Until this album. Yes, yes indeed, indeed. Because this is uh, this was released obviously in 1992. Mm-hmm. This was came out in March 92, and it was the first of his albums to not have these. He'd sacked the well, not he disbanded the E Street Band yeah. before this one, and came out. Obviously, this was part of a two album set. Uh, so yes, this was released on the same day as the other album, Lucky Time. Yep. Uh, this one got to number one. Lucky Time got to number two. Yes. Which is why we're talking about this one in particular. But it was the first one he released since Ton of Love in 1987. Mm-hmm. So there's you know a four and a half year gap. Fans are frothing at the mouth for a new Bruce Springsteen album, yeah. but it's Bruce without the E Street Band, so it's a different kind of thing that they're going to get. Exactly, and it's you know it's a in much the same way as Guns N' Roses released a double. Uh, I mean, this is the only time you're really going to compare Guns N' Roses to Bruce, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, uh, yeah, they've, they've done the double album release both on the same day. Um, obviously, stylistically, when you look at the album covers, they're you know kind of obviously from the same they're, they're a pair stable yeah yeah um and yeah like you say one went to number one went to three. now we did have a suggestion that we should listen to both of them in the same way as we did with guns and roses but um yeah we're, we're not going to do that no no i have not even checked it out no the, neither of us have the relationship uh with the uh, with the band that would facilitate the conversation yes i, per, per, I, I have listened to the other album because uh <laughs> yes you have yeah because I, I i didn't when i went into this i i I just went, okay, what's the 1992 Bruce Springsteen album? 
and I didn't bother to check whether we'd released two. Uh, and I, sh- I actually remember that this was the case now, looking back on it. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, so I, I, I did my initial uh, listening and notes on the first album before I realised I was listening to the wrong fucking one. Oh, well, you will have more of, of a broader perspective on this than I do, because I've only listened to this one, not the other one yeah. at all. And so when I was reading up on it, people were saying, cause, and again, because this one, uh, Human Touch, was the first one he recorded. It was supposed to come out in 1991. Yeah. Um, and it was the stuff that he was writing from about 1989. But, uh, just, you know, stuff went on, stuff happened, and it didn't come out when it should have done, by which point he then started writing Lucky Town. Okay. So Lucky Town is the latter material mm-hmm. and is, you know, presumably from a different place as well uh, because his personal life had changed and yeah. that sort of thing. And so it's a different set of songs. So it, it is apparently a different sound to the album and a different um, content, but for me, couldn't tell you. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I only really listened to Lucky Town in the background. I didn't do my, sure. my kind of deep dive listen. I was just doing my initial listens to it. Sure. But yeah, I think, I mean, there, there are certain things, I don't want to kind of spoil what we're going to talk about mm-hmm. here, but there, you know, the fact that some of this stuff was written and recorded back end of the 80s yep. does make sense. Yes, because at, if, if we look at it this way, at the when he was starting to write Human Touch, the album, he had just got married to uh, his, his first wife, uh, Julianne Phillips, yep. uh, who's an actress, but that was a very brief kind of courtship, really quickly married, and very quickly over as well. Um, they were, you know, split up by kind of 89, 90, I think divorced straight away as well. Right. He then uh, married his second wife, who is Patty Schialfa, who who had been in the E Street Band, in fact, for about 10 years. She's backing singer. Married her and then had his first child with her in 1990. Right. So his life has totally changed. He's been through a marriage, then a divorce, then another marriage, and then his first kid. So that's all happened with the Human Touch recording. Then Lucky Time is all post that. So there's two very sort of different uh, Bruce Springsteen's really going on. Fair enough, man. I've just had a uh, a brief look at um, Julianne Julian Phillips Julian Phillips uh, filmography. Oh yes. I mean the highlight is Fletch Lives. Well. That's everyone's highlight, isn't it? I mean, literally. <laughs> it's a great I mean, film. <laughs> I mean, is it even the highlight in the Fletch series? No, no it's definitely not. <laughs> it's a close second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably why Bruce Springsteen describes her as in Wives as well. Oh, yeah. fucking hell. <laughs> right, okay. Um, so, so, anyway, well, shall uh, we... Oh, well, just a couple of bits. Uh, at, at this point, he's... He was 40 or so when he started writing this in 1989. Because he was born in 1949, he was 43 when it was released. So it's mm. also, there's potentially midlife crisis stuff going on as well. well I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Both been there. He just uh, started a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which also means that he turned 70 last year. And he's still touring. He still Jesus looks Christ. pretty fucking good yeah. as well. Um, in terms of kind of how this went sales-wise, it was... It was lukewarm, I think is fair to say. Uh, if you look at Born in the USA, Born in the USA immediately sold 15 million copies. Yeah. It was the biggest one of his career. This one sold just over 1 million. Okay. So it's not to be sniffed at. It's still decent right. sales, but that's because it's Bruce Springsteen and it's been a four-year wait since the last yeah. album. Uh, kind of critical opinion would say that this isn't his best. Mm-hmm. Uh, fans were a bit lukewarm as well, like we've said. So it's I, whenever I read all this stuff, while I had been kind of looking forward to getting in, into a Bruce Springsteen album, I'm 
also a little trepidatious because I'm going, oh, maybe this isn't a good starting point. Sure. Like, I got in contact with my, my friend Uzma, mm-hmm. Uzma Manzor. Shout mm-hmm. out to Uzma Manzor. Um, and she's the biggest uh, Bruce Springsteen fan that I know. Right, I mean, gotcha. like, We've known each other since high school, and mm-hmm. she was always a Bruce Springsteen fan. She always, oh, right, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So I mean, her, that's... Funnily enough, her brother wrote the film Blinded by the Light, which is about mm. like, uh, uh, Bruce Springsteen and uh, his relationship and growing yeah, up. Yeah, growing in, up by being a Growing fan. up in Luton, which uh, we did. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've only ever met him once, so my relationship is with Uzma, and she knows her shit on Bruce Springsteen. Right, okay. And I spoke to her about this record, and she, I mean, she she made a couple of comments that I'll probably refer back to as we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you cool. know, uh, her point was, look, I'm not here to defend this record. Uh, right. There's, pl- you know, there is plenty else in the back catalog. Yeah, I think there's, ne- there's never going to be a Bruce Springsteen fan who, if you say, never heard it before, what should I start with, is going to suggest this album. No, exactly. Um, but, you Fair know, enough. the point she, you know, the point she made was, uh, you know, a, a lot of these songs don't really survive live anymore. In fact, any of them. I don't, yeah. think, I don't think there's anything really I, I think there was, there was one, uh, I think there's one that they sometimes do, but that's it. Yeah. Anyway, right. so we're going into this with, you know, maybe not the highest of expectations, I guess. No, uh, yeah, uh, tempered expectations for me, definitely. T- tempered? Oh, mm. look at you with your good yeah. words. Tempered. Uh, you so- talk pretty. The <laughs> <laughs> um, Dates-wise, this was first number one on the 29th of March, so right at the end of March 1992. Um, first t- so we're into the third month, two yeah. albums. That two is- al- well, this is it. Um, there was six weeks beforehand where... Simply Red went back to number one with Stars for three weeks. And then Madness went to number one with their Divine Madness Best Of for three weeks. So after Wet, 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 until this, you've got six weeks of either uh, Best Of or Simply Red again. So this is why uh, we're right into almost the second quarter of 92 already. Uh, But it does mean that we're going to have a lot of other stuff to look at when we get to that. Excellent stuff. Well, let's start as we often do, or Uh always do, I would say, Uh with the album cover. Yes, indeed. And again, this isn't one that we have any physical copies of here. I mean, this is... I mean, this is another one of these examples where people, you know, doing things with kind of proto-design software. Mm. It's a... It's a very plaintive cover. It's a man and a guitar with a red edging and some and a terrible font. It is a really bad font. It is like so. It's almost like they've done it in Microsoft Word. I, I tell you what, this this album cover looks like to me mm-hmm. it looks like a moon pig greetings card. Oh God, <laughs> I wouldn't buy that for anybody. I mean, like, if, like if you, you know, like if you, if you change the words uh, "human touch" for like. Guitar, God, happy birthday, right, Dad. Okay, Do you sure. know what I mean? It, 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 it does. It's like everything about it screams kind of mock-up, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, very much. Yeah, it looks like an unfinished product. Uh, it's not interesting in any way. It's, I mean, again, when you look at the iconic album mm-hmm. of uh, Born in the USA... What? That is one of the, the album covers of you know the generation. All time, yeah. yeah All time. Really is. Brilliant. This is, is this is nothing. This is a throwaway. Yeah. This is a bit of a shame. Yeah. yeah. This is something that befits the CD generation. Well, fine, yeah. Yeah, you get what you deserve. There's nothing good to say about it. It's We've seen worse. I'll, you know, I'll give it that, but I can't say anything positive about it. No, I have nothing good to say about it okay. at all. Right, um, should we just crack straight into yeah, this end, track uh, number one? This is, the, this is the uh, title track. Indeed. Human, human Touch, Touch itself. Not the Human Torch. Oh, no. <laughs> human Torch <laughs> was denied a bank loan. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, this was the first single, and it got to number 11 in the UK charts. Okay, so at its heart, this is an old-fashioned working-class love song. Sure. 
Do you know I mean, I suppose that's kind of what he does, isn't it? Working it is. class, yeah. you know, man of the people, all that sort of thing. For me, mm-hmm. this song is it's quite meat and potatoes, but it is elevated by Bruce's delivery. Sure, yep. Like the chorus is is nice, that kind of the the, the human touch bit. Uh-huh. There's enough in that for me. Okay. Uh, it, it has got a bit of a kind of. 80s feel the drums and keys are quite 80s sounding right well funny you should say that about the drums because uh, in terms of who's on this record uh, obviously it's not the E Street Band like we've already yeah. said I think it was one by the keyboard player who was still the E Street okay. Band but on drums is Jeff Bracaro from Toto oh there you go yeah. mate. there you go that Indeed. makes absolute sense who's um, playing the keys do we know the, key, the keyboard I think is the guy from the E Street Band oh, I think he's the one that we, just said that he's Sorry. the one they kept on um, the bass player is Randy Jackson who we saw last on Cher's album. Yeah, and on American oh, Idol. Yeah, exactly, but session bassist, uh, he, he's doing bass through like this, basically. Yeah, so I, mean, I think the guitar drives really nicely through it. Mm-hmm. There is just enough tambourine. Okay. <laughs> a soup song. A, a soup song? You can go overboard in the tambourine. You can uh-huh. very much. You really can. <laughs> um, I, I like this song. It, it's, it's six mm-hmm. and a half minutes long. Yeah. And that's a, that's a red flag for me, but I didn't think this seemed like six and a half minutes. No, I didn't either, but it does have two really good false endings. Yes, which is what Because each time I sort of happened upon one of those, I was like, okay, this is done. And then it kicks back in. What we call the DJ's fucking... Yeah, oh crap this is no. oh no we've got two minutes left yeah. yeah no you're right I didn't feel like it overstayed at no. all um, I was fine with it I actually really like this song yeah I really like the song yeah. as well I was really happy with this song I was like yeah. okay oh, if it's all like this we're in for a treat sure and I kind of remember this one from the time uh, whenever I did put this on a few mm. times I was like oh yeah I'm, this rings bells yeah and I got that as well kind of a, 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 not like I could sing the words but the Absolutely not. the melody from the chorus was in my mind I was like, oh I have heard this because at the time in 1992 I would have this wouldn't have been on my radar whatsoever. Not me either. I knew who Bruce Springsteen was, but to me, I suspect I was really sniffy about him because I was like, oh, well, yeah, he's that guy from 1985 and I'm right. listening to Nirvana and Mudhoney now. Sure. You know, I was probably that kind of ticket. Yeah, I don't think I kind of... Because when did Philadelphia come out? That'd that was be, after. That was going like to be after this. I don't think it was until after that that I kind of really got a sense that this was a guy with... Right. Uh, you know, more to say than born in the... I mean, like I said, at the time, I probably didn't re- even realise that well, uh, born in the USA was quite as countercultural as it oh, actually no, was. Not. No. And again, the one I probably would have remembered more and liked more would have been Dancing in the Dark, which is just pop. Yeah, You know, exactly. So I was dismissing him as that pop guy from the 80s. Mm-hmm. Nothing to say to me. Don't care. So, you know, I wouldn't have been listening out for this. I do remember it from the time, but I wouldn't have been uh, going, oh, great. Yeah, you weren't weren't standing in line. Not at all, not at all. But this is kind of what I would expect a classic Springsteen song to sound like. It does have that kind of Americana tinge, you know, his gruff, gravelly voice. It's got all those little bits. Um, But I think the emotional delivery in the lyrics about the everyday people he sees around him works really well for Mm. that. And it did. I, I got a lot out of this one. Yeah, the lyrics about needing a connection in a world that seems too cold. Yeah, exactly. Like it's a kind of a, a vague kind of anti-theist mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. don't need religion. I'm just this kind of man. You're just this person. Yeah, I'm kind of a bit fucked, a bit broken. Who isn't? Yeah, um, absolutely. I'm a bit of a fixer upper, but come on, you know what we what are we fucking aiming for here? Yeah, indeed. Though uh, you brought up, there's a line I really liked actually. Uh, it said, "Yeah, I know I ain't nobody's bargain, but hell, a little touch up and a little paint." Yeah, and it's like, really nicely nice. delivered as it well. Is, it's, exactly, it's not it's yeah. not overblown. Yeah, it's really it's, nicely done. Yeah, and and that's the thing, you know, bearing in mind that last week's episode was wet, wet, wet. Yeah, 
you are in a different class of lyrics here. Oh, you know, straight away. Even when even when they're bad, they're clearly considered. Sure. And that's, um, that's, I think some of them are brilliant on this. I yeah, I, I very much do. I yeah. very much do. I think he's an excellent lyricist. I think there, there are missteps. But oh, well, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to a few of those. Yeah. But yes, uh, in general, like you say, it's, it's a different class. Exactly. For sure. But so, I want to just draw attention to one of the false endings because it's great fun. About four and a half minutes, like you say, it's a six and a half minute song, yeah? And at about four and a half minutes, you get that this it's starting to go. Let's play this. So it's like, all right, this is just fading out. Okay, that was good. That was a really good song. I enjoyed that. Thanks, Bruce. Yeah. Bam! <laughs> that screams really it's nice. Great. I bet you when he plays that live, the place just lifts off. Yeah, yeah. I bet you that's fucking brilliant. If he does play it live, I think that's the issue. Well, I, no, I'm pretty sure Human Touch is one of the ones he does, and I oh, think okay. the next song might be another one. But apart from that, I think everything else is. No, all right, God. cool. Well, on the subject of the next, it's called Soul Driver. Soul Driver, right. I'm just thinking of uh, of Adam Driver with a massive afro. Oh, nice! <laughs> this is quite an 80s B-movie start, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? This sounds, wouldn't sound out of place in like got... a John Carpenter movie or... or... Or even just like a Miami Vice. Yeah. But it's got pan pipes in the background as well. It's unnecessary, I feel. And then we're into this blue standard. Sure. And again, that's... This, the, the country tinge blues, that's Bruce Springsteen. That's yeah. his, his fan base what he does but this has got a very 80s kind of sci-fi edge to me almost okay yeah that's what i'm hearing it. right nice. i'm just like, imagine like this imagine this being the love scene to the terminator for example okay right <laughs> in terms of uh people on this one it features backing vocals by sam moore of sam and dave oh wow really big fucking soul star and the Hammond keyboard is by a guy called David Sanctius, who was an early E Street band member until 74. Okay. Well, it's got quite an otherworldly quality to it, this song. Oh, yeah? I think so. I think it's, it's like there's kind of a little bit of discord in there, the, the, or, the slightly discordant organ, mm -hmm. which is in the background, but you're going to hear that more towards the end of the song, mm -hmm. which I really, really like. Yep. Uh, and yeah, I've just, I, there's just something about the feel of this song that I, I really enjoy. Oh, me too. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of darker imagery in it. Uh, it's it's more, like you say, it sounds like you're, you're driving along a dark street in the 80s. Yeah. That sort of feel, a movie feel. Mm -hmm. um, I like the sound of it. I like the soul sound. I like the Hammond. I like everything in that. And uh, some of the lines, uh, like, black sky pouring snakes, frogs, and love in vain. I'll yeah. be your gypsy joker, your shotgun rider. Yeah. Like it's really evocative stuff as yeah, well. Exactly. Very, yeah, very really, really up. nice imagery. Yeah. And, you know, and again, in, yeah, in the wrong hands could be awful. Oh, sure. Sure. But yeah, this is very well done. Mm -hmm. uh, I find myself more drawn to this one over and over. Every, I've listened to this probably four or five times, some yeah. in the background, some proper giving it a listen. And each time this comes on, I'm like, yeah, I, I feel this. I yeah, like yeah. this. No, I, say, I mean, I'm, yeah, absolutely for these first two songs. Mm -hmm. I'm two for two. I'm like, oh, okay. Straight away. Very yes. pleasantly surprised so far. Yes, very pleasantly. I was like, oh, I hope there's more of this sort of thing. Um, Obviously, the two are very different to each other. Yeah. But yeah, fucking mix and match that up for mm -hmm. 14 tracks. I'm I'm going to be a fan. Absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. Uh, just uh, also, um, in terms of who's on this, uh, the guitarist is a guy called Tim Pierce, who never heard of before, but he did record the rock guitar part in Michael Jackson's Black or White. Oh, wonderful stuff. So there you yeah. go. Another LA session guy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And this is one of the things that fans did say they were kind of put off this album, is because he stopped working with the E Street Band and just went and worked with a load of session musicians yeah. in LA. He moved from New Jersey, mm -hmm. went to LA, 
and start hanging out with just, you know, yeah, whoever. Yeah. yeah. And I I guess if I were a Bruce Springsteen fan, I would probably have the same issues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you feel, oh, he's sold out, he's given up his realness or whatever. But these are some fucking good musicians. Well, exactly. And, you know, you know, his name's on the fucking record at the end of the day. Well, indeed. And, you know, if he feels like he's got some stuff that he wants to explore without having to make concessions to pre-existing relationships, yeah. that's a valid that's thing. That's fine, absolutely. And, mate, if you've got the chance to record with Jeff Recaro, and this was only months... or This album was released just months before he died as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you give that a go. You always take the chance to record with Jeff Recaro. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, yeah, okay. So two songs in, bingo, really. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Next one? That's right, so track number three. Uh, is 57 channels, brackets, and nothing on. And nothing on. So he's naked. Well, in my head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Hines song. House in Hollywood Hills. Okay. This was the second single off this album. This was the third single he released in the time period. Well, this is weird to me because if you listen to the, like, the bass line on it, yeah. this kind of sounds like electro funk to me almost. Really? It's like, like Death from Above or something like that. Oh, I see. Okay. It's, it's actually Bruce Springsteen on bass on this one as well. Okay. He plays guitar and the bass on this track. But do you know what I mean? Though? It's kind of got that kind of almost like daft, punky kind of. It's, it's like kind of almost like disco-y. Yeah. I see what you mean. I think this is a misstep. I think this is a, it's almost like a joke song. I see. I don't. Yeah. I don't see. I. You know. Obviously, there's a there's a subtle message here about oh, media and com- commercialism. Absolutely. Right. But look, it's not much of a tune, mm-hmm. but it's it's kind of nicely weird and obtuse. And I like it. I, I yeah. like it. I like it for that. I like the. Uh, I like the personality of it. I, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I like it um, as an album track. I don't think it's a single. Well, I find that strange to put this out as a single. It only got to number thirty-two. I think it was. Yeah. So it wasn't a bit of hit. Yeah. yeah. But I've been humming this. Really? Yeah. Oh, I see. No, I... Yeah, if I, I had to re-record. Uh, you know, this album with some tracks taken off to make it better, I would leave this one off. Uh, see, I see. This is I like this one. I, I like right. this one fa- fairly well. I and I I I think it just appeals to the contrarian in me. Yeah, because uh, it is an odd song. It's, it's a, a it, very odd song. Yeah, and I yeah. and I like I like I, I tend towards that as okay. you know. Okay, all right. Um, I, there's some bits about it I do. I think fair enough. The uh, bits where it's referring to consumerism, it's yeah. like, okay, if getting more things and more stuff will not make you happier, yeah, doesn't make your life better. I I think that's a nice comparison. I think that even by nineteen, even giving him the benefit of the doubt, he wrote this in eighty nine. Yeah, I think by nineteen eighty nine, having the trope of God isn't TV rubbish. You've got all these channels and there's nothing to watch. I think that's just passe by that point. Well, I mean, it is, but it, he's writing it in a broader context, isn't he? Because he then he then adds in the kind of the idea of, uh, I think it's about this idea of like lusting after this thing that doesn't exist and about consumerism. In sure, general. Oh, absolutely. And it's like you know the way he kind of brands out he brands out the gun that he goes and buys mm-hmm. and he and he shoots his TV and you know it's just kind of frustration in this dream not being. Accurate. Oh, absolutely. But I just, I think framing it within the, the cable TV, which is, is almost like one of those hack jokes, you know, oh, what's airline food like? Oh, cable TV, there's so many stuff to watch, it's sure. all shit. I, I, it, I know what you're saying, but it's, it kind of, it very much feels like he's writing from the perspective of a character. Oh, maybe. In this, and that, that being, the, and that being the, the kind of, you, you know, the kind of, the, 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 the level that he's got to. It, 
Right. Well, yeah, I'd say there's there's definitely some character stuff in it because it's not it's not him. Yeah. But there are references to going to LA and buying a big house, which yeah. he just did, well, true, and true. getting married, and which he's just done that sort of thing. Obviously, it's not him because at the end of it, um, the 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 woman that he's moved in, and also who he's trying to please by buying all this stuff and make the the make himself better, make the relationship better by having everything she he thinks she wants. Yeah. They have broken up in the end because, uh, but it says, all I got was a note that said, bye bye John, our love is 57 channels and nothing on. So yeah. you know, just by getting more stuff, he has not uh, been a better boyfriend or husband. So that's not him, but yeah, there's, I guess there's half and half, maybe. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I put a subtle message about it, and I'm, obviously I'm being sarcastic <laughs> yeah, sure. about it. Yeah, well, yeah, all right, I'm, I'm not defending the, I'm not defending it uh, completely, but it's... But uh, you, you I, do, you find it more fun. I found it fun, yeah. There's a, a quote that even even Bruce Springsteen seems to be a little unsure of why he, he recorded this one. There's a quote from 2014. Uh, he said, uh, Shot back in the quaint days of only 57 channels and no flat screen TVs, I have no idea what we were aiming for in this one outside of some vague sense of hipness in inverted commas and an attempt at irony never my strong suit it reads now to me as a break from our usual approach and a kind of a playful misfire yeah fair enough so yeah that's why i think the playfulness is what i like about it right okay uh, you know in an album and with an artist that can be you know if you were going to throw criticism at bruce springsteen yeah it might be earnestness oh for sure yeah yeah yeah, t- yeah he can be too pull-faced yeah. Yes. Absolutely. But no, I I, I liked it. I thought okay. it was I thought it was fun. I'm not, you know, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to be. It's not going to be my jam. Fine. Right. Sure. Because <laughs> my but jam is blueberry. Lovely. All right then. Uh, next one. Should we do next one? Yeah. Let's do track number four, which is called "Cross My Heart." Fucking. Hell, I'm just thinking about those blueberry donuts that Krispy Kreme used to do. Now, why did they stop doing those? I don't ever had one. Are you fucking cool? So, "Cross My Heart." This is obviously about Playtex bras. <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> and you, the only reason you know that is because you used to steal the calendar, the catalogue. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking, there's no pornography in Northern yeah. Ireland. All we've got is brass straps. That'll do. Yeah, I've fucking I've been there. Yeah. So look, yeah, this is by far the most straightforward country blues one so oh, far. It's right down the middle, country rock, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Slide guitar going on. Yeah. Bit dull in it. Very. I thought this was. I thought there was a slightly catchy bit in the chorus. Which bit? I, don't, uh, I didn't register that. I don't know. Uh, it, 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 only like the, the couple of lines that he does. I think it raises up. The verse, I think, is pretty dull. Yeah. Um, and he sounds very uninterested singing it as well. Well, that's very true. I, I, it doesn't, didn't say anything to me, this song at all. And after, no. after having three that I really enjoyed, I went, ah, right, okay, this right. is... This is very much either saying that it's got subtleties in it that mm. I don't get because this isn't 100% my thing. Sure. Or it's just a fairly rote song. And well, I, no, that, that's, that's pretty much what, where I was. My notes were, it's pretty dull. does nothing to me. Even after a few lessons, still doesn't nothing. Mm. However, and I think this may be one of Bruce Springsteen's things. I put it on again this morning yeah. as a final run through before I came out. And I find myself nodding along to this one more than I had mm. at any other point. So I don't know whether just it battered me into it or if I picked more up from it or if I just got used to it. I'm not sure. But this morning I was like, okay, this is actually maybe a six out of ten oh, rather okay. than right. the four I was giving it. Well, I mean, I'm at a four at the minute. Fine. And you know, I'm maybe not, I haven't had as many, I mean, obviously because I didn't realise we were doing this album until oh, yeah. later. I'm not as many <laughs> listens in as I could right. have been. Well, I find that this grew for some reason. And it wasn't 
each time I listened to it, it's got a bit better. Just suddenly I was like, actually, this is all right. Okay. Yeah. Well, obviously, I don't think I was harsh on it to start with because you're in the same yeah. frame of mind. But something changed. So I, I'm, I'm okay with it. It's okay. not brilliant. It's never going to be one I'm going to say, this is a Bruce Springsteen song you need to hear. But better than I initially gave it uh, credit for. All right. Well, that's good. Yeah, I was happy enough finding that out. Yeah, I mean, I'm still probably on that four out of ten. That's five. Yeah. No, I get that. I totally get it. Oh, right, so let's have a look at uh, track number five, which is Gloria's Eyes. Gloria's Eyes. That's Gloria, not Glorious. Because this is the heaviest so far. Mm-hmm. Upbeat. This is yeah. a bit more ballsy. Yeah. This reminds me of something, and it's not coming to me at the minute. Is it some sort of 80s tune? Oh, of course it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it sounds like... Um, uh, I was going to say John Cougar Mellencamp, but it's not. But I really, you know, I really like his voice in this gruff kind of okay. register. Uh huh. So he, he's he's lost the love of someone by fucking up, basically. Right. Yep. And he's kind of lamenting that feeling that he used, okay, to, he used right. to have. Sure, okay. Um, yeah. You know, there's, regrets. There's a couple of odd lyrics in this. Mm-hmm. My little dolly on the shelf. <laughs> Uh, mm. Yeah, that's an odd, yeah. odd on, lyric. Man. Um, but again, this is quite a toe tapper. Well, I find this a very average again. I find this is a very average country rock song. I mean, I see. I kind. I think I enjoyed this one more than you. Then, okay. There's a couple of things on here. Like, there's a there's a bit. Um, I guess probably about two thirds through it when he just kind of knocks up into that high register. All right. And I'm always surprised when I hear him do it because sure. you forget what range he's got. Yeah, he, he probably hasn't got quite the same range now. Well, but like when he knocks up into that, you're like, oh wow, because his, his his voice, particularly when he's singing, you know, is so gruff and and bassy and mm-hmm, gravelly mm-hmm. that you kind of don't expect him to be able to kind of float out those high notes no, in the fair way enough. that he does. So yeah, I, I I mean I like this. I you know I think. I'm predisposed to kind of like the more up-tempo, slightly heavier yeah. bits and pieces. Sure. Uh, and so for me, it coming in uh, track five, first track, this kind of heavy, this, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's quite a nice It little, got you. Yeah, it got, it got me. Oh, I, 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 I had that one at that point, yeah. I just thought it was a it's a very basic guitar, like that. And it's just that over and over, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't end in any particular, it just kind of tapers out but I, I right. well, he's, he's coming in with the kind of the, the vocal it's, it's enough to kind of okay. lift it over the edge I think oh, I mean, I, I, I've said I've got this at about a 5 out of 10 which isn't dreadful yeah I mean I would be like 6, 6.5 fine uh, one thing I did think I don't know why it popped into my head was that if you played this to me mm-hmm. did not knowing it was uh, I didn't know it was Bruce Springsteen and you said to me oh this is off Pearl Jam's fourth album I'd be like oh yeah Oh, yeah, right. yeah, I can definitely see yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, there's a bit of Eddie Vedder vocal. Yeah. Um, it's it's once they'd gone past their ten and uh, versus stage, through into the other stuff. It just sounds like it could well be one of well, those. Well, and, and obviously by you know kind of association, also Neil Young. Well, absolutely. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. I, I got you. Yep. Okay. Well, that's five songs in on a 14 track album, so not quite halfway, but. I'm okay so far. Yeah, I'm, I'm blown away. I, I'm, no, I'm I'm happier than I expected to be. Fine, right, sure. Now there's a couple I think are very good, and some I think are all right. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of, yeah, I'm too too good. Yeah, and to the right side of average. Fine. One, not so much. Yeah. Okay, that's fair enough. Again, like you say, I'm 
happy with that as a start. Yeah, I am as well. I am. We're, we're impressed by mediocrity. That's where we're at. <laughs> you fucking are. Well, we just don't know where we're at. Well, that is true. Um, so right, let's take a quick break. Let's do the albums. Indeed. Right then. Uh, the albums in this week, the week we're looking at is March 29th to April 4th, in yep. 1992. And actually, just fucking, if anyone can hear, there's a load of rain going on in the background and rain and wind. Are, we're in the middle of, is it Storm Dennis? I still? think it's still Storm Dennis. Right, well, thanks for that. We're the recording Dennis in the middle of that. We're not like outside in it, it's not that bad, but it's definitely going to be audible. Uh, right, so number 10 in the charts is Tina Turner's Simply the Best compilation. Number 9 is Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons Best of. Uh, number eight is Wet, 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 High and the Happy Side. So that's, you know, right back down. Uh, well, I suppose well, it's we, six, we're weeks six, later. six weeks later and it's yeah, still it's in the true. top ten. So that, I mean, it must be Good Night Girl that's keeping it up there. It must be. Yeah. Well, no, Good Night Girl was... Look, that was January it was out. Oh, fuck only knows then. Fuck you now. Nah. Uh, number seven, Lisa Stansfield, Real Love, still around there. Tears for Fears at six, uh, their best of. Number five is Madness, Divine Madness, which I said had just been number one for yeah. three weeks. Number four is Simply Red Stars, which was number one for three weeks before that. Do you reckon that's only number one because every woman that Mick Hucknall sleeps with buys a copy? <laughs> What have they got it on this? A plan's like, you can't do this, you know, I'll get it next week. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing it in order. Exactly. Um, number three is Right Said Fred's Up, still hanging out in the, in the top ten. Uh, number two is Bruce Springsteen's Lucky Town, the yeah. other one. So that's where we are in the top ten. So the only new entry, really, is Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Well, well everything else is just kind of a reshuffle. A reshuffle. Yeah. But we do have six weeks of other stuff to look at and there is a fucking ton of stuff hit me up man right. hit, hit me with your greasy releases got you so uh, the six weeks is february 16th to april 4th yep. 1992 and we've said before this is a fertile time for music there's a lot of shit going on mm-hmm. uh first one i'm going to talk about uh is james released seven yeah which was the follow-up to gold mother so it was obviously big um expectations and that sort of stuff and i think it's a terrific album i was talking to you know um my mate jake uh yeah. who was it was one of the three of us who was too drunk at Public Enemy and we had to leave. Oh, yes. Yes, I was one of the other three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, and he was the one that was... He was the main reason I left, actually. Because, <laughs> well, not, not just him, but the fact that... Because he couldn't stand up. Yeah. And you weren't quite aware of how drunk everyone was. And yeah. I was like, oh, there's going to be a fight and I'm leaving. Because <laughs> I was stone cold sober. Yeah, exactly. Remember. You were driving that night. So um, that Jake... I was talking to him last night, actually, on Messenger, um, saying... I was saying some of these were coming up, and he's a huge James fan as right. well. And we both agree that some of their best stuff is on this album. It's yeah. absolutely brilliant. It's, it's not the most well-known bits that you know. That's sit down or stuff off laid. Mm-hmm. But this is a brilliant album. Got yeah. to number two. Yeah. Okay. Well, as so we discussed before, I mean, I've never, I've never really been a James fan. But when no. working in H and V and the James Greatest Hits album came out, very surprised by how many of the songs. Oh, absolutely. Knew. Absolutely. Um, uh, the Sugar Cubes released their album "Stick Around for Joy," and obviously we listened to uh, the single "Hit" yep. last week. It was out, so that's the album. This is off. Another album that came out in this time period, and it only got to number sixty-four. But I'm going to play this. <laughs> Come on. Yes, mate. <laughs> this came out in uh, in the February of 92. Yeah, I mean, right, mate. I would say that this record was uh, my introduction to... I mean, I mean, I remember when this came out, I thought this was about as heavy as music can oh, be. Oh, yeah. Right, and it isn't. Right? No, but I mean, in 92... But fuck me, having only heard, record. you know, crumbs and whatever. I mean, you know, obviously you have to put a massive caveat on 
fill and oh, sell my... Of course, of course. These days you do. Yeah, they fucking... Yeah. But yeah, Vulgar Display of Power. What an album. Oh, what a record, though. I mean, fucking hostile. What a track. Yeah. I mean, yeah. to seed, well, to bleed. You, you know, it's a bit early to start thinking about these things, but there's a possibility. For you, I'd, I'd imagine this might turn up in your top ten. Possible. But, but this, there's a, 92 is a busy year. 92 is possibly the best ever year for music for, for you anyway for me, yeah. yeah um so, so we're, we're gonna see but i mean that i mean that album and i i mean i had the fucking i mean i must have looked ridiculous a skinny little fucker uh-huh. and i had my uh my stronger than all t-shirt lovely if you need to see it i've got a photo of me in uh, 1992 uh-huh. on uh, a ranch kind of thing and i'm shooting an m16 at snakes amazing wearing that and, and some sky blue doc martens well we can stick that on the social media if, if I can find it, I, we, right. we can. What a dick. Wow. Uh, Rollins Band released The End of Silence. This is a fucking great record. See, I, wasn't, I was nowhere close to being aware of them as musicians at oh, that point. See, I, I mean, I... Rollins as a person, as a personality, rather, in Reservoir. I'd no fucking clue. About I mean, this music. and this and Wait are the best Rollins records. Okay, you know, Wait uh, was the one after with yeah. uh, I mean, Liar, wasn't it? Yeah, right. That one I had. Okay, this one I didn't never. This re- this record's fucking great. He has such a good set of, of musicians around him. Obviously, he mm. the, the Rollins he put out other releases after it as the Rollins band with a different set of musicians. Right, and they, okay. they are just not close to as good as these two releases. Yeah. But End of, End of Silence, I think, is like a really pivotal kind of alternative record fair enough okay brilliant record all right uh fushnikens released f you don't take it personal in right. february of this year sure yeah yeah that's that's uh, i mean I don't, I don't know the album particularly well but it has got le schmooth on it oh right which is just one of the great all kind all-time posse cuts oh and I, I don't even remember that one le schmooth you ain't got nothing to it's prove not the one with with shaquille o'neal on it then no but i mean yeah that was <laughs> i remember that one yeah i mean that was the big thing at the time was i think that was the next record that must have been like 1993 probably that's yeah. what yeah it would have been around then i, I remember but yeah i mean fushnikins are they're one of those bands that you know i was looking for cds by them because i'd seen them mentioned in the liner notes to something else yeah i mean i think were they mentioning stuff like the Cypress Hill album, maybe, or yeah. I mean, I think kinda... I think you might have even I think you might even see a shout to them in the last pub in uh, Public Enemy. Public Enemy. I mean, maybe Public so. Enemy were always really good at just listing everyone right. that was just doing reams something. Reams and reams of Fuchnickens. They were like not like one of the pivotal groups, but they oh, you no. know they had they had some they had some tunes, man. I mean, no, like, fair enough. Lush, lush move. Just go and check it out. It's a great right. tune. Okay, cool. Uh, Boogie Down Productions released Sex and Violence uh, on the same day as Fuchnickens. In fact, they were kind of a, a spent force by now, though. I they think. Were. Yeah, they, they, no one was. Their sound hadn't moved on. Scotland Rock was dead. Yeah, uh, yeah, and they didn't have any of the big singles that they had to no. to, to kind of hook you in. Now, um, you're still, still a couple of years away from KRS coming out with a solo record as well. I think you? so. Yeah. I think so. Um, Manic Street Preachers released Generation Terrorists was their first album, got mm-hmm. number thirteen. Bad Religion released Generator in February. Don't remember that coming up. Oh, I, mean, one I've got a, I mean, I I I like Bad Religion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's not one of their better records I think you okay. know you're looking against the grain I still like Strangers in Fiction as well okay there's some debate about later on yeah Strangers in Fiction is a little bit later on right fine uh, Ocean Colour Scene released their first one their self-titled one in March oh. um, and I don't think I ever had the album I did have the single Sway and this is when they were really they were almost baggy indie at this point okay. and I really liked that but then they obviously did a complete about face for the Britpop thing and went down the mod route. I fucking hate Ocean Colour Scene. I, my, I think they've of, got some tunes. But I, think I think they're one of my top five worst ever bands. Oh, wow. I hate them. Wow. Yeah. Fair play. Um, Curve released Doppelganger. Got to number 11, which I'm surprised at. The Catherine Wheel uh, released Ferment. 
Ride released Going Blank again, and we talked about them last yep. week. Got to number five. Mega City 4 released Sebastopol Road. Buffalo Tom, Let Me Come Over. KD Lang, Ingenue. Uh, only got to number 28. I right. thought that was a bigger one. White Zombie released La Sexorcisto in nice. March. Uh, here's that's one a, that's for a great you. record, man. Didn't, that didn't do anything at the time either. That was an album that nearly that... died on its arse. Oh, um, I see, right. It was, it was Beavis and Butthead that saved that record. Really? Yeah. I ah. think, no, I think like, no, maybe 93, that kind of came out and, uh, and yeah, they, they, they got a re-evaluation. Oh, nice. So just think, if it wasn't for Beavis and Butthead, we wouldn't have had to endure any of Rob Zombie's films. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Mike Judge. Uh, here's one, though. Tool released Opiate. Never heard of them. <laughs> March the tenth, that came out. Yeah, I look. I mean, I, the, the thing is, I mean, like, Tool, Tool are famously my favourite band sure. of all time. Um, Opiate is a weird release. I, I think there's some decent stuff on it, mm-hmm. but it's a band that haven't yet found their sound. That it, it, it doesn't it, sound like later. It too. hints. I mean, Opiate, the, the, the actual track itself, yeah. hints more than anything about what they will become. I mean, when you look at Tool, you think of them as the kind of the big prog. Mm-hmm. kind of metal bands they don't really find that sound that prog metal sound completely until anima mm-hmm. but opiate is the most like latter like, era along tool that track then you know then it's more so than anything that's on undertow which is the the next record sure. uh, which uh, which is not a diss to undertow which is fucking one of my oh, favorite records it. of all time mm. but yeah i i mean i i, I love i love opiate uh i love the song opiate dearly 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 yeah. That would be your pick off this album. There's only like six tracks, isn't it? Yeah, I mean yeah. it's well, yeah, six and a bunch. But it's, right. I, I would, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I think there's there's stuff in you know, kind of part of me and harsh and mm-hmm. you know, there's stuff in all of it. But it's it's all a, it, it's all a little bit more blatant and a little bit less nuanced than what they would become. And musically, it's not quite as as interesting. But you know, okay. you got to bear in mind they got picked up after about three fucking gigs to record this right. EP. Right. You know. Okay. Well, that was released in March of '92. Um, no Doubt released there, I think, first album. Uh, it's just called No Doubt. Okay, I don't think I've ever heard that one. I I, no. I, I do like No Doubt, actually, I've got to say. Yeah. I like um, I, I liked their kind of last, slightly more kind of electro oh, really? punky fan. More than the Scary stuff, but I like, you know, like Hella Good and stuff sure, like right. that. I, I that, enjoyed. Really a different band at that point. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Um, uh, I mean, we'll probably mention it again whenever we get to Tragic Kingdom, the release. But uh, it was one of those pop facts I found out and told you recently that... Tragic Kingdom, their kind of breakthrough album, yeah. was produced by Matthew Wilder of Break My Stride fame. Nice. Yes, indeed. It's actually a fact. Uh, the Charlatans released between 10th and 11th, so we don't have to do that one. Uh, it never got to number one. Good. But we do. There are going to be two more, I think, Charlatans. Oh, I know. There are. I know. I, yeah. We can get guest hosts for one of those. Yeah. So the Boo Radleys released Everything's Alright Forever. The Fall released Code Selfish. We've spoken lots yeah. about the fall, not our thing. Jesus and Mary Chain released Honey's Dead, which got to number 14. Mm-hmm. Yeah, decent for a Jesus and Mary Chain album. Guar released <laughs> America Must Be Destroyed Fair enough. in March. Uh, Ingwe Mamstein released Fire and Ice, yeah, uh, which only got to number 57 in the UK. Wow. Uh, but one of the other ones, March, this was released, this album. Ingwe Mamstein is the Donald Trump of heavy metal. <laughs> Body count. Body count. What's up? Yeah, man. This was released uh, March the 31st, 1992. I fucking love this album so Well, I mean, much. I already knew this song really well. Because this song's on uh, this song's on OG. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. Yes, no, this is the, the, the precursor, wasn't it? It was, it was yeah, flagged up on that. So you you had the release with uh, Cop Killer on it, didn't you? I never did. I Because I didn't buy it at the time. Uh, I made my had it and taped it. So the taped version I had had Cop Killer. Yeah. But by the time I got round to buying it, I only got the... 
the redacted version. I swear, God, this record would have. I mean, this record would have come and gone as an incidental <laughs> kind of, like, kind of. I mean, I one of the things I love about this is how amateurish it is. Oh, it's so bad. In I mean, the, the dr- I mean, like, Bless I don't want to speak ill of the dead, v. but yeah. my God, I mean, Beatmaster. <laughs> in what world? <laughs> I mean, like, right. Beat Apprentice would be pushing it. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, like literally. Oh, man, and the guitar solos are uh, so pony. It's it's so bad, but it's what I like about it is it's like a fucking garage band with just iced tea on it, just shouting. Yeah, just shouting. Yeah. I mean, some of the lyrics on it as well, man. Like I've, oh, we, we've had some fucking great times sat around festivals, just like listening to KKK. Like, bitch. Absolutely evil dick. Oh, evil dick. <laughs> she tried to tell me about voodoo. voodoo. <laughs> My <laughs> eyes, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it is. It's it's, it's some of my favourite memories, definitely, of this album. I loved it. I loved it so hard. Yeah, it's great fun. It's obviously terrible. Yeah. Obviously, it is, but it's brilliant. Fun. But how much fun were they when we saw them at download a couple of years ago? They were ago? great. Yeah, I'm saying bitch in the pit. There's a bitch in the pit. <laughs> What's that one? Uh, talk shit, get shot. <laughs> talk shit, get shot. Yeah, <laughs> That's brilliant. The same lyrics as well. It's basically yeah. just a guitar riff and him going, "Talk shit, get shot." That's it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I still remember at the time, uh, I think it was The Word or something like that, saw an interview with mm-hmm. Ice-T and he went through his CD collection and he had Genesis's We Can't Dance in it. Fucking brilliant. I was like, oh, for brilliant. fuck's sake, Ice-T. <laughs> Got more respect for him now. He had a lot of guns in his, 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 yeah, his apartment. It looked very nice. Certainly did. I'm very well protected. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, well, there you go. That's a ton of albums. Yeah. It's six weeks late, obviously, so it's you know a decent amount of time, but that is a fucking ton of albums. Yeah. If you had to pick one, Either that lot. I mean, Pantera would be the obvious one. Yeah. But I might go for for stuff at the time that I was into at the time and loved at the time. It's either going to be James or Body Count. Fair enough. You? For me, I mean, I mean, I mean, I would almost be betraying myself if I didn't pick Tool. But I think mm-hmm. I would probably go with Tool friend uh, Henry Rollins. End of silence. Gotcha. Nice. Right. Okay. So should we crack on with this? Uh, yeah. Get Springsteen back into Springsteen. So where are we? Track number six. six. With every wish. Well, catfish in the lake we called him Big Jim. Okay. When mm-hmm. I was a kid, my only wish was to get my line in them. If we if we didn't hear that first lyric, yeah. it's, there's an old catfish in the lake we called him Big Jim. Big Jim. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Yep. There is a certain brand of forced Americana nostalgia uh-huh. that kind of gets on my tits. Right. It, it runs fairly deep. You have to kind of, like, if you're a Stephen King fan, you have to kind of hold your breath and deal with some of it as well. Yeah, right? sure. Look, I... I look, the, first of all, there's a very 80s saxophone that runs through this song that makes it very difficult for me to take seriously. Okay, right? sure. Yeah. And there's a little... But it's trumpet. Yeah. And lyrically, that. this song just kind of really smacks hard of forced wisdom and, you know, where it's like false wisdom, but actually what it's saying is it's a bit fucking dumb. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And musically, it's a bit dull. And I've got a real. There's a there's a point he gets to in the second verse where he falls in love with a girl called Doreen. Doreen, yeah. Right. And the main reason that wouldn't work is because her name would be Doreen Springsteen. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You can't have Doreen Springsteen. Do Spring. Do Spring. Do Spring. Yeah. Oh my God. Fuck's sake. 
Okay, yeah. so this is doing nothing. I don't it. like this one. At all. I think this is great. Oh, you're an I idiot. really like this. Oh, I mean, I'm a sucker for a kind of a misty-eyed song about you know lost youth and lost love and that sort of shit. Right. And okay. I really like this. I see, I just can't. I just can't get past the clunkiness of the of the. I think some of the lyrics are are really good. I think it's, I mean, it's, it's wallowing. There's a, a, there's a song for wallowing in what you could have had, what you lost, that right. sort of shit. Because it is about the mistakes you made. When he was with Doreen, um, he got jealous and drove her away. Yeah. And he regrets everything about mm-hmm. that. Um, and so there's a, a definitely a melancholy and that sort of thing going on. But it's evocative and it's you know regret-tinged. I like what he's saying. Uh, see, I'm, glad I that you, I'm glad that you like it. And I think, yeah. you know... I, you know, I think I'm cutting my cards are on the table here. I think I've got an issue with it. Just it just feels it's like cloying. it's like mate, you grew up in New Jersey. Oh sure, uh, yeah. You know, I just I just don't I just don't, and I you know, and I'm not by any means saying that that songs should not be absolute works of fiction. You shouldn't write from mm-hmm. the perspective, of, but it it just it none of it really rang true with me, and I I felt a little bit like. The only way to look inside yourself is to start by looking inside yourself. Oh right, you know I, mean? oh, I didn't see. I didn't get any of that kind of full wisdom bit. Uh, okay, I, I, I liked. Uh, there's, a, there's a line because it, it ends a bit optimistically, even though he's gone through the. Oh well, here's what happened, and here's what I lost, and here's what, why it went wrong. Uh, but it says at the very end, and though my heart's grown weary and more than a little bit shy, tonight I'll drink from her waters to quench my thirst and leave the angels to worry with every wish. It's like he's still saying there might still be someone for him. Yeah. I like that. Uh, see, I just don't like that lyric either. I do. Uh, yeah. Fair enough, man. Like, well, like, there's still know. someone who might make him happy. I, I mean, this, this is a fucking proper Wonder Years stuff. Yeah. You know, this is an o- audio version of Looking Back with Rose Tinted Glasses. Yeah. But I like this. I like I, I a lot of the stuff whenever I listen to, for example, you know, Line Main right Third, he's one mm-hmm. of my favourite artists. I, I love the shit where he's talking about his growing up. Yeah, and I do think there's a, a sort of a a mystery for me about growing up in America in the sixties or whatever. I like to think what it might have been like, and this this does that for me. So it's weird. There's, there's, there's some artists that I can kind of buy it from, and there's other places like it. Just it's, it depends how forced it seems. It's like yeah, you know, there's like uh, if, if you like one of my favorite albums of all time is Buck Sixty Five's Talking Honky Blue. Yeah, sure. And there's a lot of that stuff. On there, you know, so you know, talk, you know, kind of talking about because the fucking guy that used to let him play with his train set and shit like that, okay. you know? and I, I and I and I love it in that context. Yeah, but I just I don't know, this yeah. just didn't click for me, man. Fair enough. I, 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 I thought this as, was wicked. As I always say, I always prefer it if a song works for me. Of course, why wouldn't you? Of course. Yeah, yeah no, snarky for snarky. I, I, but I Doreen did, Springsteen does make no, me that, laugh. That was that was a mistake. Why would you say <laughs> Doreen? Doreen. Doris. Well, yeah, I'll tell you why it went, she he used the word Doreen, because it rhymed with scene. Well, yeah. That's exactly okay. why. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, whenever I listened to this, and again, it was a few times in, and initially I was like, oh, this is nice. Yeah. But then it grew on me and grew on me. And I did end up thinking, if there had been more songs like this, I would have been actually quite happy. Uh, okay. Which makes me think, I bet you there is a Springsteen album where there are more songs like this. I bet you and, there is. you know, if anyone is listening and is a fan and goes, oh, actually, in that case, you want to listen to this album, get in contact, because I would be interested. Let me know. Krista is single and ready to mingle <laughs> with your records. And Bruce Springle. <laughs> ready to... Bruce, Bruce Springs keen. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay, um... <laughs> <laughs> Leaving that aside. Yeah, fuck. Next one. Roll of the dice, number seven. Yeah. 
Okay, so back up again. Yep. Sam Moore on backing vocals again, mm-hmm. along with a guy called Bobby King, who did the. He was on the, the tour for the Healing Touch right. tour. He's the backing vocals for, for that live stuff. This is standard Bruce Springsteen. I like, I, I, I like this one. It's pays the. the I like it when he sings in that in, in that kind of kind of a gruff and register there, mm-hmm. and the thing about the phrasing, the lyrics, just the way he kind of gets his words in and makes them fit. That's like really the bit, nice in this. Well, is it my my elevens and sevens are coming up sixes and nines? Yeah. I like that as a phrase. Yeah. So for me, I think like the song is a bit by numbers, right? Yeah. And as with a few of these songs, it takes a while to end. Yeah. Um, but his voice for me on this one is so good that it counters some of my criticisms with it and I come out on top of this one this really a, okay yeah it's six and a half for me alright oh, see I thought it was just total filler uh, see, I, 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 me. I mean I, again you know I, I, I just I think I'm more inclined to like the kind of the stompers That's a little style. bit style yeah but no I, so. I like this one I like this one Right, I, yeah, you're right about the outro. The outro goes on for about two minutes. Yeah, too long. In a four-minute song. You know my opinions Weird. on long oh, outros. Sure. Um, and yeah, lyrically, it's, it's fine. It's about giving love a chance and gambling, you know, roll the dice, gambling that it'll work out. You've got to take a chance to, to be in it to win it sort of yeah. thing. It's fine, but I didn't find the tune catchy at all. Uh, see, I, I liked it, and I like, I like the kind of... I like the... Um... Uh, the keys on it, yeah, and uh, yeah, and I just really, really like the vocal performance, and that's that's think, the, that yeah. was the main thing for Fine. me. No, I do think it's a good. Uh, yeah. He's good on it for sure. Yes, but I yeah, it didn't do anything else for me. You know, I mean, again, mm. you know, when, when we take we're assessing album tracks as album tracks. You know? Of course we are, and I, I think this is a really solid album track. Okay, fine, fine. Uh, number eight though, Real World. Uh, once again, there's a sambler on bank vocals. Okay. Well, I, and I've made a note here that I, I mean, for, for me, the notes on this song are some really nice little bits in some of the ballad, backing vocals, some really nice, colourful lyrics. Mm-hmm. But overall, this one didn't do much for me. Right. I have this down as a generic middle of the road Bruce Springsteen. I think we're on the same place for this one. But I also I put an extra note on this morning, which went until this morning when I started to find it quite catchy. Well, I, I put... I didn't do, doesn't do much to me until the jam section opens the song up. Okay. Uh, and then it kind of closes back down again. But we get you get about... I think it's after the second verse and it kind of goes into this big yeah. kind of... Fairly... Uh, you know, I was about to say elegiac, but I think I say that on the fucking podcast far <laughs> too often. So I'm not going to fucking say it. Um, but yeah, it kind of opens it up. And it, right. it, it just feels like a bit of a bigger song. But I, I think the, the main... Uh, riff and the main refrain there's not enough song in it to sustain it really sure no like I said I think it's just straight down the middle yeah uh, by numbers but they're getting, but they're getting they the hooks into me. you man I've got yeah. I, I do think that you I think you're a Springsteen fan in waiting I think if we get Possible. one of the better albums in front of you I think that's gonna maybe so weirdly you know I'm gonna say maybe 10 years ago uh, I remember asking a mate of mine to do me a compilation CD mm-hmm. to get me into Bruce Springsteen. Compilation you know? CD? I know, exactly. That's why I'm thinking it was at least 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, Possibly yeah. more. Um, and I was expecting to get back a CD of loads of... I'd never heard this song, but this is wicked. But uh, this guy who's a big Springsteen yeah. fan, it was almost like a greatest hits. Oh, okay. And he, so maybe, you know... The stuff I do know is the best stuff. I don't, uh, I'm not sure. Well, guys, if you're if you're listening to this, if you're a, if you're a big Springsteen fan and you've got Spotify, then yeah, put a ten track together. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, put one one for Dave, one of the more upbeat stompers, and one for me with the slow, sad, melancholy ones. Oh, there you go. Uh, but yes, like I said, this did nothing for me until, for some reason, 
the go through I did this morning where I was like, actually, there's there's something here. Yeah, okay. So it grew and grew. Now getting the hooks into you, man. I it like did. it. It actually did. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's far too long. As the, the other, it's, it's too long of a song. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this is five and a half minutes. Yeah, it doesn't. It, I mean, it, it felt like it to me, this yeah, one, whereas the did. first track did not. All right, so yeah. track number nine. Nine. All or nothing at all. Well, this is kind of metal, isn't it? I, I was going to say, it sounds like the start of Don't Call Me Baby by Voice of the Beehive. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I had Carly Rae Jepsen in my head then. Oh, dear. Right. So this one's called He Wants It All or Nothing At All. Yeah. So what, which I'm interpreting saying he's not interested in any kind of sex unless it's anal. I've got the exact same note. <laughs> what the fuck? Because we're us. <laughs> I got is it about Bruce wanting to get some bum laugh off his new girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Oh fucking hell. That's it. That's exactly anal or bust I've written. <laughs> oh, uh, Jesus, what, we are awful people. Uh, what, this, what this goes to show is that we spent far too fucking long together and we've got the same shitty sense of humour. Or that's, that's exactly what this song is about. Well, yeah, exactly, or that's the main message. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, we're so, impre- we're so impressed with ourselves aren't right we, now, aren't we? For sake. Right, so okay, so look, it's about commitment or possessiveness, if it, you prefer. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's about going going in one hundred percent, not just uh, dilly dallying about with. Uh, okay, yeah, I kind of like you. It's like you got got to be in this relationship the full way. Yeah, yeah. So you know, the chorus is catchy ish. Mm, yeah, mm. but to me, this whole thing sounds like a demo. Almost. Oh yeah? yeah. It doesn't feel complete. It does. It. It's like okay, we've demoed this song, and okay, well, it, but you know, it feels like they've just recorded the the demo. They've not done anything much I with see. it. See, all right. There's a, there's, I mean, it's succinct at three minutes three, and twenty. That's fine. Yes. Uh, there's a nice little bass bit where it kind of it's, it's a, like a almost like everything else drops out apart from the bass and the, the vocal comes in over it. That's towards the end. That's quite Randy nice. Jackson on the on bass there. Oh, is it Randy? It's got to be Randy. Oh, God. I mean, I am certainly <laughs> yeah. for the anal. Yeah, quite. <laughs> oh, you see, I think this is a bit crap. This song. Yeah, I, I this do. Is, as well. This is just not very good. This is probably a low point for me to date. I mean, I'm, yeah, it's up there with, it's just dull. Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not like offensively bad, no, but, but it's I, just like, uh, I don't like the chorus either, that all or nothing at all. I don't like that as well. Just, I, I mean, it's, I, I don't, I'm not saying I love it, mm. but I, I think it's all right. I think it's kind of, it, it's, yeah. you know, uh, it does its job as a hook. It's, okay, I remember it. Well, exactly. I do remember it, but I don't like it. Okay. Yeah, well, much like anal sex with Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> I remember it. Don't like it. <laughs> See, I don't remember it, but I did like it. I remember scoring him ten out of ten on TripAdvisor. <laughs> oh Jesus! Right then, well, that's kind of two thirds of the way through, though. Uh, so should we, uh, we'll take a break and look at the singles. Yeah. Okay, let's look at singles. So, the singles, top ten singles of the week, March 29th to April 4th. Number ten, mm-hmm. this one, and I have a feeling this was a re-release. It might have been out, you know, um, maybe in 91, but didn't get anywhere in re-release. But anyway. Oh, Shanice. Yes. I like your smile. I love your smile, Shanice. Love this tune. It's a good pop tune. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. This is at number ten in the charts, anyway. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, break me. I know, everything had that at that point. Uh, number nine, Soul to Soul Joy. Number mm. eight uh, is Erasure's Breath of Life, which we obviously yeah, looked at we when did. we did the Erasure album. Seven. It's not exactly the most cheery song in the world. Is this? Oh, he's about to say it. Well, nearly. I mean, it's, it's one of the most kind of depressing songs when you think about it. Who? Just who is it? Eric Clapton. That's Clapton. Oh fuck! All right. Jesus Christ, yeah. Tears in Heaven. That's what it's called, yes. Yeah. Yes, that, it's that song, it's isn't it? that one. Oh, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. The one that sounds like it should be a slow dance, but it's not. No, you really don't. Really not. That. Bless him. No. Nope. Uh, number six, Annie Lennox with Why, which we're going to be looking at in a couple of weeks' time. Exactly. When we do the album. Number five, CeCe Pennison's Finally. Number mm-hmm. four, Right Said Fred, Deeply Dippy, which I think was even around... Deeply, yeah, fuck me. me. I know that's number four. Number three, though, and this is brilliant. Hold on, little girl. Show me what he's done to you. Stand up, little girl. This is one we always sing at festivals. This is fucking brilliant. You got the band? Um, baby, come on over. Um, oh, Mr. Big. Sorry. Mr. Big. Oh, to be with you. Absolutely. Ah, love that tune. Ridiculous, but fucking love it. Uh, number two is Def Leppard's Let's Get Rocked. Nice. Which we're going to be looking up next week when we do Def Leppard. And number one is Shakespeare's Sister Stay, which I did mention in the previous podcast. We're going to be seeing quite a lot of that. Amazing. Yeah. So that's your top ten other songs that are out in the six-week period. Uh, you'll remember this one. You know, a fine night by Opus Three. Opus Three. It's yeah, a fine day. That's a fine day. Yeah, that got to number five in this time period. Um, one that we have talked about, a track and a band we've talked about many times before. But what a tune! Oh, Pearl Jam. Yes, it's got to number sixteen. Uh, alive. Such a good song. It is a great, great tune. Uh, and yeah, so that's. Uh, February, I think that got February '92. That was released okay. as a single. Uh, the Massive Attack EP was released. Uh, Massive Attack, I can't even remember what was on that. World of Twist, She's a Rainbow, which is one of those indie tunes that uh, isn't also ran for everything. Uh, In Spiral Carpets, Dragging Me Down, which I do remember. I kind of like that one. Uh, this one, and it's cheesy as fuck, but I really like this. Oh, I kind of like this song yeah. as well, man. Got to number seven. I had this album. Oh, was that Woodface? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Crowded House. Crowded House. I, I really love this song. I think it's really good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm pretty sure I didn't particularly care at the time. Uh, oh, I, I, see, I did, because I, I had yeah. that little... I've, I've, I've talked about my friend James before. My friend Ben's brother, James, mm. and my next neighbour, and he was a big crowd. He had this album. Right. So I, I was big into this song at the time. Fair enough. Uh, this one got to number 69, dude. Hey. I think we talked about this last week. I've been trying to 
Oh yeah, we certainly did. did was it, was it, was it in the, the gig, wet, wet yeah. one? Yeah, she on the gig with PJ Harvey. This is such a fucking Fuck, tune. Stunning song, absolutely brilliant. And I remember because I had I bought the twelve of this, and it was always played in the indie club I went to mm-hmm. in Belfast. And it was another one that, as soon as you heard those first little notes, yeah, like fucking right, I'm on, I'm on the dance floor for yeah. this one. It was a big, big tune. Uh, KLF released America, What Time Is Love. Um, which was the one that they did was kind of a rocked up version. Was it? Oh, with, I think I with do. extreme noise terror, maybe or yeah, that's right. Yeah, they yeah. did it. The Brits, didn't they? Yes, that yeah. one. Um, the Charlatans released Weirdo, which you you would remember, I'm sure. It's the that one. Oh, the one that sounds like all of their songs. <laughs> that's Weirdo. That that was released. Uh, uh, got to number nineteen. Curve released Fate Accompli, which is fantastic. Nirvana released Come As You Are, which got to number nine. Yeah, we may, we've talked about that a little bit. We certainly bit. have. And Red Hot Chili Peppers released Under the Bridge, uh, yep. which only got to number 26 on this release. It got to number 13 when re-released in 94. Yeah. So, big tune then. Jeez, and Mary Chain. Got, so what number did it get to? Uh, this time, 26. Fucking did. So, does that mean that the, the All Saints cover did better in the charts than the original? I fucking oh, hope it well, does oh, 26 on first release, 13... It got to in 94, I, but All Saints would have got top 10. I would imagine they fucking would yeah, have, you know. That's distressing, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Broken Britain, mate. I've had that CD in my car, by the way, because I've got a CD player in my car. Oh, what? Uh, Blood Sugar Sets Magic? And I've listened to it too much now. Oh, really? I, I have. Yeah. Li- I, mean, I, I mean, it's still on. I'm still enjoying it, but I have listened to it too much. I see. Okay. Um, Jesus Mary Chain released Far Gone and Out, which is, you know, probably my favourite Jesus Mary Chain Song, yeah, because I imagine it doesn't sound like proper Jesus Mary Jane, it's much more poppy, yeah. Um, Rebel MC released Rich Again Richer. Which one was that? I don't remember uh, that track. Uh, it sounds just like Wicked as Sound. Oh, okay, it's oh, yeah, one yeah. of those ones that just it, sounds like over the ocean, over, over the sea. sea. Uh, Frank and Walters released Happy Busman, which I remember getting a lot of press. I never actually liked it, but it was one of those ones. I think it was because them and the Sultans of Ping were both from Cork, and yeah. the enemy was going, Oh, there's a Cork indie scene. It really yeah. wasn't. Uh, but the last one I got on here got to number 19, and I imagine you'll know this. I don't remember this coming out at all. I, it, it rings a bell from listening to it, but I think this is a bit dull. Oh yeah, it's, uh, this is uh, uh, this is Prince and it is something uh, uh, tonight. Um, oh yeah, money can't. Uh, You're so close. Yeah, uh, money don't matter tonight. Money don't matter tonight. Yeah, that's exactly it. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a bit dull. I don't get it. That's it's probably one of the reasons why I just never got Prince because I would hear something like that and go, oh well, obviously I don't like. It. You know, I would have heard. Get off and gone. Mm. Oh, this is brilliant! Yeah. And then I've gone this one. I was like, Nah. Uh, it's, it's just, it's just a, a, a lovely, lovely album track. Sits in context. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe it's not a single. Well, that's, uh, who knows? But, I mean, but I, I love the, the 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 backing vocals on that track when they fucking kick in. It's new part generation. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Well, you you, you obviously you have that album, didn't you? Yeah. yeah I mean, so, I, yeah, I, you, I love you like that. that. Are you a fan of that? Uh, but there you go. There's, there's a load of, of singles as well. Okay, that's exciting times. Exactly. Exciting times it happening is. in the music. Right, okay, well, let's get into the meat of what we're doing. Let's right. uh, back into Bruce Springsteen. Now, this one's called Man's Job, track number 10. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, like, this is... The, the main refrain from this song is loving you baby is a man's, a man's job, right? job so the idea is it's like you might enjoy a man in a suit or something but you're never going to come unless he's covered in engine oil basically that's kind of a, <laughs> a real man so like, I'm taking it at face value this is kind of blue collar patriarchal love isn't it it's like you, sure. you need someone to look after you I'm the strong art. and you know it's Obviously, that is not an idea that has aged particularly well. Um, no, no. Uh, but he's all about authenticity and dyed home guys yeah. and that sort of stuff. And there is also some stuff in the in the kind of the third verse mm-hmm. that makes me wonder whether actually this song is about questioning the authenticity. Yes, because it comes around to a different stage. Yeah, yeah, he's like you know he's you know it's kind of a, a bit in character, and he's you know basically saying he sees he sees her dance and realizes that when it comes to making a move, he's got feet of clay I think is the lyric yeah, he uses so you know and it's like you know actually approach you know the reason I haven't you know, maybe it's a kind of a thing of like uh, I haven't got you because I won't make a move this guy is better at these things than I am actually yeah yeah and I think there's also he's got he starts off from the perspective of okay you're you know you're flirting with these boys and, yeah. and they've got their flashy cars or yeah. whatever and they've got their pickup lines and they're very impressive uh, with their tingly trinkets but you need a real man to make you happy yeah but by the end of the song, he has come round to going, all right, you know, I see you dancing with him. You're looking at his eyes, your hands on his neck. You're actually proper into this guy. Maybe he's okay. Yeah. And I am unable to, I'm unable to make a move. Yeah. I get that I will never have you for my own reasons. It's not that you wouldn't like me. It's that you'll never notice me because I can't be mm-hmm. that person. So it's almost like he's an incel. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He's, like, he's, he's hating on fucking Chad, who's got this girl. Yeah, he's hating because he's a good-looking guy. He's got a fancy car, and that's why you like him, you bitch. Yeah, you fucking cunt. But... Just, fucking, just referring back to to Rob Mulholland's bit on fucking incels that you uh-huh. can see on his show if you go and see him. I, 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 I might as well just suck Rob Mulholland's <laughs> fucking dick. The amount I mentioned Again. on this fucking podcast. But he has got he has got that fucking bit where he's just like, well, what do they think that some girls just gonna put their head down in their basement and be like, oh, hello guys, got any dicks down here you want? To see? <laughs> exactly, exactly. But by the end of the song, Bruce has come round to the realization that all right, this is my own fault. I'm never going to get the girl because I've not made any, any uh, attempts to try and get the girl. Yeah. But I don't know, it's it's a weird one. I don't think this is any good. No, I don't either. No, it, it I think it's, it's, it's questionable at bit. I mean, you know, you have to kind of give him the benefit of the doubt that there's some subtext in those lyrics. Yes. Um, yes. Because of his body of work. But yeah, it's not a great, it's not a great example of a song. I don't care for it. No, no. But you're right. It, it, it goes from loving you is a man's job uh, in the first two verses to getting up the nerve is a man's job yeah. in the third verse. So he's, he's coming to that realisation. Exactly. But that. No, I don't think there's a tune to make me give a shit. Okay, well, let's move on then to track mm-hmm. number 11, which is I Wish I Were Blind. Right. And this one features backing vocals by Bobby Hatfield, who was one of the Righteous Brothers. Fair enough. There you go. I love to see this is a classic heartbreak breakup song. Yeah, thing. I mean, he's saying basically, you know, the, the structure of it is he's listing the things he likes looking at, yep. and then he's saying you prefer to see nothing at all than to see her with her with her new, new boyfriend. Guy, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. and you know what, right? Lyrically speaking, yes, this is a pretty solid, good description of all that uh-huh. poisonous shit that eats you up after a breakup. Sure, yeah, it's a really nice, evocative uh, kind of. Yeah, it really kind of makes you feel those things. Mm-hmm. 
the problem is it's wrapped around a song that ain't a lot of good. I think. Oh, I see. I actually really like the song. No, you really like I the do. song. Yeah. So I, I don't. I don't see. Yeah. There's a couple of things for me. I think just musically, it's a little bit, little bit dull, and he's kind of gone into this vocal point, which is this kind of semi Elvis drawl. It's that very he's country. Doing. This one, Mate, it, I mean, it just he sounds like he's singing through a stroke. Oh really? Uh, so, honestly, it feels like, like half of his fucking mouth is like, like club singer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, and that and that bothers me. But I, yeah. I like I think really like it lyrically. I think it's it's mm-hmm. very very really does it kind of captures the yeah, feeling. Captures doesn't it? that feeling, and it's that yeah. kind of you know it kind of captures how stupid and i uh, some mm-hmm. of the ideas you have are and how poisonous those emotions can be right absolutely it's, it, and it's relatable to everyone you know everyone's sure. been that person at some exactly. point yeah but also like the last one i liked in this vein it's good for wallowing it's not yeah. one of those ones where you go oh god yeah fucking hell it's horrible isn't it yeah I, for me it's just i just don't think the tune really works that well okay. it's just a, it's a bit just kind of one note and it it fits into that kind of album filler yeah, yeah. that some of the other tracks that we've not liked have for me, but yeah, okay, that, but, okay. but but like I say, I do I do like the lyrics, so I'm not being completely down. There's on something it. there for you, yeah, right. Yeah, well, indeed, it seems to me there's the theme that I'm probably more into these slower, sadder ones, yeah, and you're more into some of the more upbeat, rockier ones. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I do like a wallow as well. I mean, mm. I, you know, you, you're talking to the fucking Nick Cave fan, That's do you know true. what I mean? But yeah, uh, very true. Anyway. Yes. Right. So, right, track twelve. Uh, right, the long goodbye. So into another up-tempo stomp. Sure. As we've said, these kind of tend to work a bit better for me. Sure. But this one's missing a hook to me. This doesn't do a great deal. Yeah, I've got. I've said there's there's no hook to this. Yeah. And I think by this point I was getting fatigued. Yeah, I'm fatigued by this point. It's, it's this sounds al- like a lot of other ones. This album's 15 minutes too long. I yeah, I like, totally agree. Totally you agree. know, back in Guns N' Roses territory. I mean, if you're putting out a, uh, putting out a double album, there's no excuse for them to be an hour long each, you know. No, I think you could take, you know, at least four songs off this and mm-hmm. make it a better record. I think my four would probably be different to your four, mm-hmm. but it would be a tighter record. I think by this point, you know, we're track 12 of 14, this does sound like three other songs on the album mm-hmm. that we've heard previously, yeah. nothing else to discern it. And I'm like, oh, I'm done with, with that particular thing, right? Yes, oh, thanks very much. Absolutely. That's so, it, yeah. no, I don't, Same I, as I, I think... I'd say get rid. Yeah, I would as well. Yeah, fine. Track number 13 is called Real Man. Right. Which is the, the store that I buy all my clothes from. <laughs> That's quite an 80s style, isn't, isn't it? it? My God, this is bizarre. This is a really big, cheesy keyboard. Yeah, kind of v- jumped by Van Halen a little oh, bit. Oh, sure. But also some of his Born in the USA era yeah. things, I'm sure. Yeah. There is a... Uh, Billboard did a review of this album yeah. on its 25th anniversary kind of a uh, look back see what if the initial criticism was fair or not and they say that this song might be the worst thing he's ever done it's not a good song I think it's awful yeah it is bad I know yeah. the whole real man thing is fucking weird it's embarrassing it is embarrassing it's, I, it's cr- cringy yeah mm. yeah but he's saying that he doesn't need to be some cool film star or uh you know, some tough guy yeah. to be a real man. All he needs is to be with the woman he loves and to love her. Yeah. And that's what makes him feel like a real man. But even like just the phrase real man just sounds a bit out of time. And it sounds like what was the um was it on Team America? 
Like, now you're a man. A, a man's man, man, man. It's like, well, it's kind of like that now, yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like this one. <laughs> what is a man? <laughs> is it the gun in his hand? <laughs> no, it's probably the titties. <laughs> That's the <laughs> one. <laughs> uh, there's lines in this song, which I just didn't quite like getting get on with uh, I'm going to quote here I ain't no fighter that's easy to see and as a lover I ain't going down in history alright thanks Bruce Clunky. but when the lights go down and you pull me close well I look in your eyes and there's one thing I know baby I'll be tough enough if I can find the guts to give you all my love I don't like what this image is doing first of all the lights have gone down you're seeing nothing in her eyes right sure I mean, I mean maybe I'm just speaking from my own bedroom because I've got very good blackout curtains <laughs> I just, I don't like this imagery of, uh, A, Bruce being tough enough when the lights go down and having the guts to give you all my love. I mean, what does that mean? Are we back to the anal? Maybe. Up to your nuts and guts. No, that was, it was a Semmel Paramedics album. Is it? I think so. Fucking hell. <laughs> so, I, you know, if you've seen any Bruce Springsteen uh, live footage or videos where he's doing a, a really kind of big guitar solo, you've seen that man's cum face. Yeah. And so that's what I'm picturing when he's saying this. And I yeah. don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to at all. So, yeah, no, but I would say that there is um, real genuine evidence that it isn't the worst song that he's recorded. Oh, really? What, what would you what would you put in that place? Well, let's, let's listen to track 14. Oh, <laughs> what, Pony Boy? Pony Boy. <laughs> I mean, I guess in his semi-defence, this isn't one of his own. This is a traditional song that he's recorded for some reason. I mean... Maybe he's a furry. Maybe he is. Pony Boy. Pony Boy. Pony Boy. I don't know why you'd record this. I've no. This is so far out of my. Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up. Whoa. I don't, I don't get it at all. I don't. Look, no, it feels really out of place. I've, 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 I've got two word. I've got, I've got two words worth of notes for this Go entire song. Yep. I'll, 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 I'll is it read them. Fuck no. That's yeah, fuck no. Fuck no, pony boy. I, I, I don't. I don't hate it. I just think oh, it's I really fucking weird. And oh, I, don't I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I don't like I it at all. It makes me feel weird inside. I see. Ooh. It makes me feel weird about myself and others. <laughs> and ponies. And ponies. Mm. Yeah, Bruce Springsteen, I like you. Get out of the Maybe he pony. was you know, hired by Mattel to do some subtle advertising for My Little Pony. Maybe he was. Uh, Hasbro, though. It was it Hasbro? Been. Yeah. Ah, well. I uh, can't believe you don't know your toys. Fucking idiot. Right. Um, um, okay, straight, right. The strange way to end the album. Very strange. You know, we've had... You know, what I would call a lot of typical Bruce Springsteen mm. the whole way through, and then finish on that. And then the theme from Equus. <laughs> Very strange. Okay, so there you go. That was Human Touch. Everyone uh, wants to see my big dick because I'm a centaur. Nice. A little throwback to Buck 65 it mentioned was. earlier in the, uh, in the podcast. So what do you think, mate? I think... I think it was actually pretty much what I expected because um, I... Wanted to like a Bruce Springsteen album because mm-hmm. I know how big a deal he is. I was nervous that this wasn't going to be a good one. Yep. And I think this is one third good, two thirds not for me. Yeah, I think that's where it is. I think it's an incredibly patchy record. Sure. With a couple of pretty strong highlights. Yeah. Um, I very much like Bruce Springsteen, but this is not his strongest work. Well, no, and I think you're in agreement with the rest of the world yeah. on that one. Yeah. You know, we, you know, I mean, it's not an absolute out-and-out disaster like that Fleetwood Mac record was. Sure. No, absolutely not, no. But you do miss the E Street Band here, I think. Okay. 
I think, you know, I think that is, you there's, know. Well, there's something. Yeah, there's, there's a kind of a camaraderie and a kind of a, yeah. a, a jamminess in some of the best Bruce Springsteen stuff, I think, that is missing out of this. Okay. It's time to pick some songs for the playlist. Sure. All right. So the ongoing playlist of songs from every album we talk about. Yeah. One, two or three songs, Dave. Well. I mean, I'd, I'd say the one we both agree on is the single Human Touch. Yeah. You know, I think that's really I mean, good. Really liked it. I, I would make uh, literally. I think the only the only two I would advocate for yep. are Human Touch and Soul Driver. They'll be the same two for me. Well, yeah. I would also go for some of the slower ones, yeah. but that's a personal thing. I think Soul Driver was actually dead good. Yeah, I really like Soul Driver. Right. I, I mean, if if you'd have enjoyed Fifty Seven Channels, I'd have made a case for that as I well. But really obviously, you, like you, you very much didn't. Still not like that one. So, all right. Well, shall we just yeah, we, we'll go with two then? Shall we? What about you, Waffles? Do you want to put a track on there? Uh, he says he agrees. Yeah, okay, wicked. Two, nice. from, two from Waffles as well, then. Sweet. Wonder, wunderbar. Yes, do go uh, and check out the Spotify players that we put together. The link is on our website, uh, and it's just it'll take you right from Phil Collins back in the start yeah. up to today. We, we, we'll, we'll throw something out on the socials this week for yeah, it sure, as well. We'll, we'll pl- plug it out and stuff. Uh, as always, guys, please get in contact with your hot takes. Let me just have a quick look, actually. Did anyone yeah. get in contact on the Twitter throughout the, the, the run of this podcast. Let's have a quick look. Uh, Martin Young got in contact to say he doesn't have much thoughts on the music, but the album cover is maybe the worst he's ever seen, mm. an offensively bad fault. Yep. Miss Disorderly. Oh, yes. Hey, Lee, how are you doing? Uh, I like Bruce Springsteen, but nah. But not this one. Not that one. I think she also did make the point that this was his divorce album yeah. as well, so it's like an hour. Bit of a rough patch, and so and then uh, uh, Pier Road Coffee and Art. That's uh, Mike Latrell. Your pal Mike Latrell. Uh, he loves the boss. You should do the two albums like you did with Guns N' Roses. Oh, that, was, that was that comment. Yeah, no, we're yeah. not doing. It. And these are you... better too. That are they not? They're not, Mike. <laughs> these are not better. These are. I mean, I haven't really listened to the other one in enough detail, but I mean, this album is is not as good as Usual Illusion One. No. And, 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 that's, and, that's, and that's from, from someone who didn't particularly like fucking Usual, <laughs> Usual One. Right. Yeah. Sorry, Mike. No, not this time, Mike. Um, All right, yes, guys, as always, please get in contact and we will catch you next time. What are we doing next time? Right, next week we are, fucking hell, we are doing Def Leppard's Adrenalise. Oh, nice. Yeah, and we've got a special guest for that one as well. Yeah, got our good friend Darren coming in for that. Yeah, Darren, a big Def Leppard fan. All right, guys, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Take care. We will see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for checking out this episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. It was produced and edited by us, for which we can only apologise. We're on Twitter, at PCL Podcast, on Instagram, also at PCL Podcast, and facebook.com slash PCL Podcast. All of these, plus links to our various Spotify playlists, etc., are on our website, which is PCLPodcast.com. Please feel free to get in contact via any of the social media or on pclmusicpodcast at gmail.com.